We have some remarkable hosts on Blaze Network. Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, Phil Robertson, Chad Prather. But for brain power and insight, few match Steve Dace. I've met him a few times at conferences, and I'm always impressed. He hosts The Steve D Show, one of the top 100 podcasts in the country. And he has many books out, and his recent one with Daniel Horowitz caught my eye. He also has a major motion picture out. We'll talk all of that, plus politics, religion, and business. Welcome, Steve, to the Economic War Room. Thank you very much. I will do my best to live down to that advanced billing, brother. Thank you. I appreciate the pressure. Bring it. Well, I just want to ask first, how are you feeling? I know you went through a health scare, uh, particularly with that movie out. How, how are you feeling now? I feel great. Thank you for asking. Uh, you're right. It was uh, April was a tough month between, I'm not sure what was worse, the uh, MRSA deadly bacterial infection of unknown cause or origin, according to my chart, uh, or the allergic reaction I had to the only medication on planet Earth that allows you to to beat it without having to be in the hospital for weeks. But we're, by the grace of God, we're through all that now, and I feel great. So thank you. Well, I appreciate your insight on another disease, not MRSA, and I hope I never see it or experience it. But we <laughs> all went through COVID, and you were one of the very early rational voices. Uh, I remember reading what you were saying. It's coming out on Blaze and seeing the notes on it. You had this thing pegged before almost anyone else. Tell us the story about how that happened. I really think, um, you know, not to get metaphysical about it, but I, I really think I have to give the credit to the Holy Spirit for this, Kevin. I was just in, I was in my man cave on March 16th of 2020, that faithful day that 15 days to flatten the curve began, and, and we weren't sure that our civilization was ever going to recover. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading all this stuff about what's in this Imperial College survey that had shut the governments down, and I read the survey myself, and of course, I kind of skipped the opening parts uh, and went right to their projections and was just horrified and thinking about my three kids that are upstairs in my home, and is this the end of society as we've taken for granted? Is Western civilization at an end? And, and you know, that still small voice that the Lord puts in the back of your head kind of tapped me on the back of the skull and said, you need to chill and read that again. And I went back and, and started from the beginning and started reading it again, and lo and behold, it says right there pretty early in the survey that they don't know how coronavirus is actually spread. Now, in your line of work, a guy comes to you and says, I got a great idea for a stock that maybe you should completely devalue everything else you're invested in and pour it all into this one stock. On the other hand, though, I need to admit to you up front, I really don't know how stocks earn a profit. Would, would you make that investment? No, of course not. No, no, you would think this person doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. And yet, right away, every government decided to follow the instructions of a university that admitted up front it doesn't know how coronavirus is spread. That's problematic. And then I could I could just look at some of their the, the, the data and the charts that they were doing. And I think a lot of people get intimidated by the, the Y and X axis and all the terms because they think they suck at math. So do I. Data isn't math. Data is a math quantification of someone's question and or assumptions. Data is a math manifestation of, 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 of a philosophical exercise. And so, therefore, it has assumptions like any other philosophical exercise does. And are those assumptions BS or not? Um, is the premise that you're beginning with congruent with the application? And then can you reverse engineer them? Because if you can't, you have what we call in philosophy a fallacy. And this thing was loaded with them. And then, you know, I just start researching. Imperial College found that they had done this before with a previous, I think it was swine flu, and they had greatly overestimated that and had egg on their faces. And then I came upon the name of a man named Jeremy Grantham. I'd never heard the name before. Uh, he is a multi-billionaire. 
He's also the Miss Havisham, basically, of Imperial College, one of their great benefactors. There's a wing of the school named after him. He just so happens to believe we've been fighting a 250-year war against carbon fuels and uh, that he wants us to go back to uh, horse and buggy days. And lo and behold, it turns out that Imperial College, not so coincidentally, issued another paper right alongside their study that went largely unreported on, saying that now that coronavirus is here and we have to make all these drastic changes. Now is the time to usher in, essentially, for the West, a Green New Deal. And at that point, Kev, my, my spidey sense man is off the chain, and, and I'm just calling BS on everything. But I'll tell you what the final straw for me was, is at first I really thought this was, um, you know, the latest front in the, you know, conservative right versus the environmental left, and this was the new global warming thing. And I thought, yeah, you know, I don't know how comfortable I am, even with my own confidence in my God-given brain power, going up against all of academia when people's lives could be literally at stake right this moment. And what blew me away is how many people within academia right away were calling BS on this. Mm. I'm talking Dr. Katz from Yale, Dr. Rich from Yale, Dr. Ioannidis, uh, Dr. Bhattacharya from Stanford. These are elite places. They wouldn't let me on campus, let alone admit me into the school as a community college kid. Um, Dr. Gupta from Oxford, rated by U.S. News and World Report, the number one university in the world. These are not just Podunk Chuko's brother. These are the elite of the elite universities that were calling BS on this, calling BS on these tactics, on this study, on Imperial College. And that's what gave me the confidence that this wasn't just an ideological exercise, but academically, this was full of bunk as well. Yeah, no question. And you wrote a great book because what... What the pandemic brought out was a much worse disease of wokeness that has infiltrated so many of American institutions. And the book titled The Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial So This Never Happens Again. Tell us a little about the book. The book has a very simple premise despite its 400 pages. And that premise is that the people who truly suffered from what went on the last couple of years deserve to have their voices heard, deserve a reckoning, and that they only re- the only reckoning that will do is another Nuremberg. That 75 years, I think it actually today might even be at the time you and I are taping this. I think it's actually the 75th anniversary of the Nuremberg Code or there, thereabouts. And, and this is not a, a, you know, a complicated academic exercise. You can go find it, read it for yourself. It's actually very short, and it came out of the Nuremberg uh, trials that were done for the, for the medical establishment that essentially became uh, the Third Reich's uh, medical fascist state. They, they literally imposed many of their edicts under the grounds of public health, and they got a separate trial. And out of that trial came this Nuremberg Code that essentially uh, wouldn't allow any further in, uh, human experimentation. Think of it as no human experimentation without representation is a good way of summing up the Nuremberg Code. And for about 75 years, that guided much of Western uh, medicine and scientific inquiry. Well, a lot of that generation now, Kevin, has died off. And now we have, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, just a new generation that hasn't heard it yet. And now we, we literally violated every syllable, every consonant, vowel, um, every uh, phonic sound of the Nuremberg Code was violated the last few years under COVID. And, and, and great suffering happened as a result. People were not given medications that may have helped them in hospitals. They were allowed to die or worse yet, given medications like rem, rem near that would have helped yep. them do so and faster. Um, there needs to be a reckoning. There needs to be justice, just as there was at Nuremberg, to set an example so nothing like COVID-19 and that scandemic can ever happen to us again. That's good. And if we don't do that, Kevin, it will happen again. Yeah, no, it's a great book with Daniel Horowitz that you wrote. We're going to need to take a break, Steve. When we come back, 
I want to go pivot from the book to your new movie. You're all over the place with tremendous content that people need to capture. Steve, we covered COVID, and there seems to be a worldly conspiracy at work. And, and I think that's true. But you have a new movie out that has an otherworldly conspiracy, and the <laughs> title is Nefarious. Uh, do you mind if we showed the trailer here? Absolutely. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. He's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And therefore incapable of being executed. I need you to prove he's faking it. Edward? I'm gonna ask you some questions. I'm not Edward. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. What happened to Edward? We own him. <laughs> He's a master manipulator. You have your head so twisted around you think you're the killer, not him. And give me something to make me believe you. Prove to me you're a demon. Probably just a coincidence. I want to talk to the real Edward. Makes me do bad. <laughs> I can't stop him. I need you to see something. You got a fan. Did the same thing with all his victims. Help me! I'm trying to, Edward, but you have to answer my questions. You have to tell me the truth. It won't let me! It can go away. It can go away. Yes? No. Steve, I can't help but think, you know, when you read about COVID and all that that's ushered in, which the, the Fourth Reich and all of that, then you hear about Target putting uh, Satan worshiping up front in the stores and teaching little boys how to hide their parts so they can fit in girls' bathing suits. It all seems to be connected. What are your thoughts? I agree. You know, I wrote this book uh, eight years ago now. Uh, on my first trip to Washington, D.C., I got inspired be to write about a demonic takeover of America because we're better to get inspired to write that story. And I, I wanted to write kind of a sequel to one of my favorite books, uh, The Screwtape Letters, and take it like up a notch and talk about the demonic takedown of an entire culture. And you go back and read that book now and, and stuff that I thought, yeah, I, I, this is stuff could happen like in 20 years and it's happening like right now. You know, and um, the movie actually comes out on streaming this weekend. We were in, we lasted in theaters amazingly for seven weeks. That is incredible for an independent film with an independent distributor. We distributed it ourselves too. Uh, and so it's out on streaming this weekend. Uh, in, uh, it debuts on iTunes, Amazon, Google, all the big ones. And the story kind of tells the, the origin of my book, A Nefarious Plot. 
that lays out how uh, how hell took over America and took it down. And and this book will tell you the origin of where, or this movie will tell you the origin of where my book came from. And in the process, Kevin, the audience is going to watch a left-wing psychiatrist, because unless you hire Jordan Peterson, there aren't any other kind. Uh, and, and he comes in as an atheist, and he's confident. He's the people we've been waiting for. He's enlightened. He's got all the big answers to the universe, and he's going to meet this demon that is going to show him the true origins of his worldview. And over the course of this hour and a half encounter in real time, it is going to absolutely shatter this guy and wreck him. Uh, and, and, and he's kind of our stand-in for the culture. Do you really know? I know you think you're, the, you're on the right side of history here. You're not. You have us on the lip of the mouth of madness. Do you understand that the next step is like a Romans 1 judgment. Do you understand this? The kind of stuff cultures don't come back from. And so this movie is essentially our attempt to grab this culture by the throat and get its attention, smack it around a little bit and say, hey, the stuff that you're contemplating is the kind of stuff that's going to put us permanently on the ash heap of history and in history, you know, and in history books and, 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 and another lost society. Don't do this. No, it's, it makes a great point. And, and your psychiatrist goes through the journey, albeit very accelerated and in very dramatic fashion that we've seen others go through. Uh, I, I wouldn't call Bill Maher a conservative, but he's certainly sure. woken up to truth. A Naomi Wolf yeah. I had conversation with just recently, uh, she's mm -hmm. beginning to wake up to truth. And Robert Kennedy Jr. and others, you know, a number of people who were far on the left have come to, to realize, wait, th we, this is not sustainable for a culture. It's not sustainable for a nation or a political system. Barring Great Awakening level revival, Kevin. The ability to reach a critical mass of the kinds of people you just described will determine the, whether this country has any long-term future in any form of its original vision and founding whatsoever. And it's and we're not gonna. This isn't gonna be like a. Let's. It's gonna take like ten years to find out. Uh-uh. At the rate we are devolving and decelerating, we're gonna learn this answer one way or the other here pretty quick. Oh yeah, and we're seeing the culture war play out. Bud Light, where people say, "Wait a minute, uh, Disney." Uh, that's, that's got a new show, live action show, where, where apparently a, a girl gets impregnated by Satan and then pines for him or something. Right. The little right. demon show, Target. Uh, it's, it's just nuts what's happening. And people are finally beginning to say, whoa, all those things you warned about, they're happening. And they're happening at such a rapid pace. And if you disagree with them, you're a hater or a homophobe or something. Essentially, all the stuff the religious right warned us about in the 80s, they actually, that they were mocked for, it actually turned out worse than what they feared and projected, actually, Kev. Yeah, there's no question. So we're, we're going to need to take another break. And when we come back from this break, let's go straight into politics. Uh, we've got a Republican primary, a Democrat. I don't know what they're going to do. I'd love to hear your <laughs> opinions on these. Let's take a break and we'll be back. Steve, we've talked about COVID. We've talked about the decline of America, how we've lost our culture or losing it rapidly. We've talked about your new movie, Nefarious, that's coming out on streaming, which really kind of sums up in a very short period all those things happening from a spiritual level, not just a natural level. So what do you see? I mean, you, you, you watch politics. You've called the presidential elections for years. And what, what do you see with, with uh, Trump and DeSantis? And what are your thoughts? I think the, the country right now is, is, is undergoing an existential crisis, Kevin, on a spiritual level, on a moral level, uh, on, a, on an epistemological level. I mean, we are, we are in an epistemological nuclear winter right now. I mean, the, 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 the amount of people that know what truth is 
is dwindling only as fast as the amount of people still curious and finding out. Um, the idea that truth is conjured, that it's created by me, it's on the basis of whether accepting it uh, suits my narrative or not, the, this, these are all things of, of moral subjectiveness and theological, uh, you know, pea soups that, that lead you on the ash heap of history. And, and, and there's a lot of, I think, confusion on the right about what can be done about it, whether we can do anything about it. Now, I think there's a rising tide of, of people on the right that either just want to wave the black flag or the white flag, uh, that think there's no other alternative other than civil war, not realizing, of course, that that's not much of an alternative. More Americans died in Antietam than at any single a day or event other than an abortuary in American history. That those that, That's not a great solution, actually. That's, that's, that's kind of a failure. That's where you go when you didn't follow the right solutions. Or they wave the white flag. We couldn't possibly govern righteously. We couldn't possibly find people that are represent us. And so all they're left to do is to meme, to vent, um, to bitch and moan, uh, and to endlessly point out the hypocrisy uh, of our of our political opponents for no other means other than giving me a feeling of moral superiority and something to post on my Facebook account. And so that's really, to me, I think the biggest debate on the right right now is is not ideological. Uh, it's not even factional, MAGA versus the establishment, conservatives versus liberty. I don't think it's any of that. I think I think it is, do you believe that we are doing this with an end goal of righteous policies or with an end goal of um, just, you know, endless venting and moaning and complaining. In other words, are we here to redeem the time or are we just here for a good time? And and I think that's a lot of, uh, of the generational divide that you see. Um, I think that the boomer generation largely grew up um, demanding equal opportunity in media, and they finally got it with things like Fox and later digital enterprises like The Blaze, and that's all they want. I mean, just, just I, I don't care about, you know, I just, I just want to be, I just want to push back on the liberal media and nothing more, nothing less. And I think a, a younger generation of people like me, Gen Xers, who still have kids at home, are like, that ain't going to cut it. I mean, we're, we're losing our civilization here. We better have something more than some dope memes. Okay, we want people that get elected that use the power of government to punish and smite our enemies before they use the power of government to do it to us. And, and I think that's really the big argument. And I think that in many respects, Trump and DeSantis are kind of proxies for this, uh, that, that Trump represents just keep destroying the media over and over and over again, over and over. OK, great. They're destroyed. Everybody knows Jim Acosta is a hack. And the only people that believe the media are the people that agree with them, that are in union with them. So we're going to do what about it now? Destroy them again, tweet again, post again, meme again. To what end? And DeSantis, regardless of whether you like him or not, kind of represents this new breed of, I ran to wield power, and I'm going to run to wield power. And ultimately, the wielding of power, um, it, that's the only, that's, that's it. If, if we're not willing to, to, to elect people that will wield power in our defense, then they've completed Mr. Gramsci's long march through the institutions, Kevin. They, they have weaponized every major institution in this country, and they will unleash a fully armed and operational battle station against us, and they've already demonstrated that. So we better have something a little bit more hefty than memes. Yeah, well, I agree with you 100%. And in the economic war room, what we're doing is trying to take back money, investments. You invest, you give or, or you, you spend your money. Those are the only three things we can do. Money's not an end of itself. Money, mm -hmm. the purpose of it, it's a tool 
to use mm -hmm. to preserve liberty, security, and values. So what we do week in and week out in the economic war room is we help people find ways to weaponize their money. We're training financial advisors at Liberty University to stop ESG and to promote liberty, security, and values. We call it LSV. You're right. Yeah. If we don't have a battle plan, and with this episode, we'll create a battle plan. Having talked to Steve, we're going to have a battle plan. Here is not just what we covered. Here's not just the information to back it up, but here are the action steps that you should do about it. So give us some action steps. What should we do about this cultural problem we're facing? The number one thing we need more than anything else is revival. And there's two kinds of revival. There are capital, there's capital R revival, like an awakening, like I referenced, it's a historical reference from the past. That comes from above. That is beyond our jurisdiction. But, but we, can, we can, in union with uh, the Holy Spirit as believers, we can inspire revival in our own homes, in our own hearts, in our own lives, demonstrate to God a desire uh, to worship him in the way that he is alone worthy of and that his word demands. Um, that's the first thing is, is the, is the, and, and for a Christian, we are all in every venue. We are commanded to check our own hearts, to look at the, the, the log in our own eye before we contemplate, question, uh, consider engaging the larger world of unbelievers. And so that would be the first thing is, is getting our churches truly preaching the word of God again, truly taking discipleship again. Um, re, and, and, and that, and using that to reinstate the supremacy of the nuclear family in America again, masculine initiative and masculine leadership and masculine courage again. If we don't do those things, nothing else will occur. After that, you can get into some practical political steps. First and foremost, red states and red cities and red areas have to be every bit as red as blue states, blue cities, and blue areas are, and they're not. You know, the Democrats haven't won a single precinct in West Virginia since 2008, but right now, Democrat senator in West Virginia is more conservative than the Republican. The Republican governor of West Virginia was an obnoxious Pfizer salesman. If, a lot of these red states are terrible. They're bad at a lot of things. They get by on nothing other than reputations uh, with the magic R and yet can't be bothered to fall. Right now in South Dakota, there's a massive private property land grab going on that Christy Nome just can't be bothered about. We've got a handful of red states. Florida's one where I live in Iowa's one. Um, but why do you have those there? You have fantastic governors there. But, the, you know, you look at what's happened to Texas and what's going on there now. you got an open, openly drunk speaker. Now he's going to impeach the attorney. It's just a disaster. We, we have to make red states red again. If you can't make Texas red, you ain't turning America red. Yeah, that's too good. One is, is uh, revival, and it starts with our hearts. And two is actually play out your politics. Stand fast. If you're in the red state, stand fast for red state values. Any others? Amen. I think if we just did those two things, things would be dramatically different. Right now, we have, we have a duop duopolistic political system, but only one side has true courage of conviction and is willing to wield its power. We might restore some equilibrium here if the other side had some courage of conviction and was willing to wield its power as a check and balance against that, too. Well, thank you so much, Steve. Great points. All right, so what we're going to do is take the learning that we have from Steve here uh, in the Economic War Room, and we're going to put it in an economic battle plan. You can get a free copy at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.